I was always very modest, really didn't think of myself as being particularly smart or unusual. I just thought I was more interested in certain topics than other people, but that sometimes I find a technical subject just becomes absolutely fascinating to me. I can't think about anything else. When you learn a new computer technology, you can immediately put it to work by writing the software and be able to do things you couldn't do before. That I'm amazingly productive during these times. I can write amount of software programs that would take a normal person months and months to write and I can just do it in a few days because I'm so excited and driven and obsessed with it. It's always been something unique that I've had. That was a lot of what has made me decide to work with computers because that is what I have done throughout my career. The rule breakers, the rule breakers, the misfits, the misfits, not the status quo, the status quo. This is, this is, thriller lining, thriller lining. We just finished up uh, another Thriller Lightning episode here at Capital Factory. Getting ready to launch two of our friends' businesses into the Bitcoin ecosystem. Uh, by the time this comes out, some of you may have already heard the news via Twitter and other places, but Lightning Escrow goes live at the Austin Bitcoin Club Pleb Symposium this Thursday, January 6th. Yeah, it was, it was a good conversation. It was um, a bit challenging for me, honestly, a bit more technical oriented for a conversation than I'm personally used to. I tend to find myself in more free-flowing kind of philosophical conversations on podcasts more than anything else, but trying to be conversational in the direction of the kind of CEO of Pleb Lab here, I was trying to think very critically and ask the tough questions to figure out what we needed to figure out so that we could best guide our, our plebs in Pleb Lab in the right direction. What we really want for these guys is for them to be able to come out of Pleb Lab, a, a successful company, not just in having gotten funding, but in, in being successful leaders so that they can take that money and go and build the business that we know they can build. Lightning Escrow has a lot of potential. I'm really bullish on the team, really bullish on the project. And um, in this podcast, you'll find out why. So uh, grab your popcorn, get a coffee, whatever it is you're into, and uh, enjoy. This is a, it's a brief conversation and I think you guys are going to dig it. 
We'll see you at the Austin Bitcoin Club Symposium here on Thursday, January 6th. Much love, y'all. No blind spots in the leopard's eyes can only help to jeopardize the lives of lambs that shepherd cries. An ounce of life for a silver fish, eternal dust, mystic lish. Talk to Malaz as a person. Honestly, there could have not have been a better business partner I could have stumbled across because he's everything like I've ever wanted uh, for a business partner and uh, just as, as a friend as well. Oh, thank you, Tristan. Yeah, we just really hit it off and I thought we would make a great team together and I had to convince him to actually start a company with him because he was more so uh, leaning towards, uh, what was it again you wanted to do? Just freelance work. Freelance work. Give it away for free. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, the, yeah. that's the super guy in a way. I've built this cool thing. Somebody else should just take it and build it. Yeah, I, I, for most of my uh, clients, I, I write a piece of software and then they pay me to write the software and then I release it as free and open source so that anyone can use it, um, which is the same thing we're doing here. But here I'm also uh, part of a company. So that's, that's a little different for me. I'm pumped for you, though. Yeah, but after convincing him and seeing how much how big this opportunity is, I, uh, I'm leaning towards more company aspect of this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second season of Thrill of Lightning with your host, the Bitcoin Bum. I swear to God, if anybody stops me again, I'm going to punch that person in the face because this podcast has begun. <laughs> <Ooh -ah. laughs> All right. So anyways, today we have Tristan. And my main man, Super, in to talk about a brand new Bitcoin Lightning project known as... Lightning Escrow. Happy to be here, Kyle. Thank you. Happy yes. to be here as well. Lightning Escrow. And I am also glad that both of you are here. So, let's just jump right into it. How did you two meet? Let's get a little bit into the, the kind of the origins, if you will, of Lightning Escrow. And then uh, we'll go from there. Sure. So, uh, before I actually met Dan, uh, I worked and sales, um, selling homes. And I was on the forefront of all of the banking um, issues that were in place with the mortgage industry. So I kind of realized that mortgages take way too long to process. And I thought, hmm, what if there was, a, there was a way to process mortgages in like a week versus three to four months for the customer to sign everything and um, get the payment through. And um, at the same time, after I was thinking that, and around that time, that's actually when I when I met Super at the ABC Club, and um, from there we just kind of hit it off, and decided that hey, we should work together on um, an escrow application uh, using Lightning because it makes the most sense, and using Lightning would make it much more faster and a lot more affordable for people to use and um, get their titles for anything, and not just titles for homes or cars. Uh, it also expands out to marketplaces and things like. Uh, Freelancer.com, places like eBay, StockX, um, and the like. So you came from a, a banking background? Banking and sales, yes. Banking and sales. Who'd you work for? I worked for uh, J. Michael Fine Homes. Okay, I have no idea who that is, but cool. So so you were you were working banking and finance and mostly in home sales. You yes, were mostly in home sales. Like specifically in mortgage back. Yes. Okay, cool. 
Um, then you landed at an Austin Bitcoin Club meetup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just curious how in, in that crowd you actually just kind of managed to stumble across Super in that crowd where like the one guy who's working on Lightning software that kind of happens to work perfectly with like what you were thinking about working on kind of solve the problem you're seeing from inside the institutions. Like how did that connection kind of take place? Well, um, mostly by chance because I've been going to multiple uh, meetups for a while now. And ABC is one of them, uh, one of the better ones, honestly. And um, when I got there, uh, <laughs> uh, when I got there, I was, you know, networking with everybody. And I saw Super in the corner uh, talking to some people who didn't look very um, professional with their <laughs> with what they were talking about. So um, I approached him and I was like, man, this guy just looks smart. So we started talking. Uh, he told me he was working on a escrow application for, uh, what was it, huddle contracts? Yeah, huddle contracts is the name of the protocol. And then from there, I kind of realized like, wow, this guy is already working on what I wanted to make. So can I cut in real quick? Yeah, absolutely. For a handful of people like myself and or other like less in the in the know, can you give us a just a bit of some context? Like what what is a huddle contract? Sure. Yeah, it's a type of lightning payment. So when you're uh, when you're making a lightning payment, you you, ba- you usually have to pay an invoice. Somebody generates an invoice on their device, and then use like scan it or paste it into your device and pay it. One of the types of invoices you can create on the Lightning Network is called a HODL invoice, uh, which is where uh, the recipient of the money uh, or any intermediary um, node on the route between the sender and the recipient can delay the settlement of the uh, of the payment. It's like we're just not going to settle it yet. So they call it HODLing because you're not doing anything with the money yet. So you delay the settlement of the invoice until some event has transpired. And then after that event, you either settle the invoice or cancel it. Um, so using that functionality, we can do this thing called HODL contracts, or we, uh, you can do escrow. Um, and so I called it HODL contracts because it's based on HODL invoices. Cool. So yeah, sorry sorry to cut you off, but you, you, you meet Super. He's working on... Hoddle contracts, which works out perfectly for escrow. And where did it go from there? So from there, we kind of just hit it off, him and I. Um, I liked him a lot as a person. And um, honestly, there could not have been a better business partner I could have stumbled across because um, he's everything like I've ever wanted uh, for a business partner. And uh, just as a friend as well. Oh, thank you, Tristan. No problem. And um, <clears throat> yeah, we just really hit it off. And I thought we'd make a great team together. And I had to convince him to actually start a company with him because he was more so uh, leaning towards, uh, what was it again? You wanted to do? Just freelance work. Freelance work. Give it away for free. (laughs) Yeah, that's the the super kind of way. I've built this cool thing. Somebody else should just take it and build it. Yeah, for most of my uh, clients, I I write a piece of software and then they pay me to write the software and then I release it as free and open source so that anyone can use it, Um, which is the same thing we're doing here, but here I'm also uh, part of a company. So that's that's a little different for me. I'm pumped for you though. That should be pretty awesome. Yeah, but after convincing him and seeing how much uh, how big this opportunity is, I uh, I think he's leaning towards of or leaning towards more of the uh, company aspect of this. And um, from there, we just worked on it for the past couple months, uh, almost three now, and here we are. It could not possibly be three months. That's a long time. It has been three months. Has it really? Mm-hmm. I think it was. Late October, we met, like October 15th, around there. And then November, we started working on it. And then um, December is when we got really serious about it. 
Right. Well, that's wild. You guys were talking a lot earlier than I knew, though, because I mean, three months ago would have put you at having met Super almost at the very, very beginning of Plub Lab. I mean, Plub Lab is only three months old, a little over three months old at this point. So you guys were actually working, I mean, minimally, apparently, but like you guys were already working together somewhat closely long before I knew anything about it. Well, we just, we just talked and he said he'd be interested in doing this thing, but we didn't actually start working on it until November. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, of course, I'd been working on HODL contracts since June. Um, so the, the back end part of, part of this was, uh, in operation for, for quite a while before this, before I met Tantris, Tristan. So you were working on back end, and that had been a process you'd been working on for a while. I guess that means that the, um, the front end mm -hmm. is, that's your expertise, Tristan? Yeah. So I'm a, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a self-taught full stack engineer. Um, I took a data science course as well, but. Um, lately, I've been leading more towards the engineering part of uh, design, and from there, I, I um, made the design in Figma and uh, exported that into React Code because um, React Code is very easy to work with. But uh, the thing was is that when we were building it, uh, we had a lot of issues um, with React when we were making it an actual app. Uh, so we actually just decided to go with HTML and CSS for now. Um, it's still using React. Yeah, it's still, I mean, well, which part? Just inside the HTML, there's there's a bunch of script tags that have React code in oh, them. Oh, okay. That's right. But uh, yeah, that's our stack so far. I'm not 100% sure what any of that means, but it's very pretty and it works well. So you guys make a good team there because uh, Super makes uh, very delicious code. And uh, yeah, I said it, delicious code. It, that stuff is magical. Well, I would argue it's more like <clears throat> spaghetti code. Sometimes but, uh, it even jams. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's great code. And then that code is also highlighted beautifully in the in the buttery front end that you have created. So adding Thank you. adding to that jam and butter. It's very good. Must be around dinner time. <laughs> and I'm starving. I, I'm not as hungry as I need to be. I'm going to have to hit the gym after this. But, um, okay, so you guys meet in October. You get a little bit more serious in November. We get into December. You basically, I don't think I met you until December. Well, maybe I met you late November. I, I remember when we met at this point. I remember. We were um, working on it, I think, late late November. And uh, Super and I were in the just the lobby at Capital Factory working just normally. And uh, you came along and you were talking to Super and asked him, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then you saw what I was working on. And you kind of dived into it, and you really sat down with me and took a look at it. And as, uh, as far as I know, you uh, really liked it. And from there, you kind of told me, like, what you guys do at Pleb Lab. And, um, yeah, that's how we met, you and I. I do remember that. It was, yeah, out on uh, Floor 5. You guys were kind of, again, you were still, like, kind of figuring out what it was that was happening between the two of you. I think if I remember correctly, there was still, like, a lot of conversation around just the idea that, like, maybe Dan was going to kind of, like, sell you some of the stuff he had written and, and you would just have your own thing. But I'm actually really glad that it uh, turned into a partnership because that is what we do at Pleb Lab. We try to help the people in our office who have really cool ideas turn into projects and then uh, craft those ideas and projects into viable companies. So I am pretty bullish on where Lightning Escrow goes from here. 
going into 2022, what do you guys kind of see going forward as like your kind of objectives looking out through probably the end of Q1? Well, obviously the main goal is to grow this thing and to um, bring the world one step closer to Bitcoin standard uh, using this tool for business. Um, but other than that, we have a couple of surprises in place for later this year. We do not want to re reveal it just yet. Um, but in terms of lighting escrow, uh, we want to grow this thing as much as possible because uh, I made it originally because I was so frustrated with the process of um, escrow for not only mortgages, um, but for eBay as well. Because um, when I was like, you know, 15, 16, I was an eBay seller. And oh my God, the, the process for getting paid as a seller on eBay is atrocious. And PayPal, if you ever use PayPal enough, you, you figure it out pretty quick, uh, excuse me, pretty quickly that it sucks. PayPal is probably one of the worst um, platforms you can use for business, in my opinion. Why? Why? Uh, well, I think the main issue is that they, well, my issue was that they found out that I was underage selling on eBay. So they withheld my funds for two years until I was 18. And that was not cool. They were holding, I think, $5,000, which was bad. And I needed that money to buy more inventory and, um, you know, make more money with it. But, you know, PayPal decided that I wasn't old enough to understand what business was. Yeah, yeah, the gatekeepers of all things. It's ridiculous. The fiat system is stupid. So, all right, so you've, you've got a, a way to integrate something like Lightning Escrow into something like eBay, making the ability to do business much more decentralized um, and kind of free to anybody and everybody who's intelligent enough to make good work happen? Yes. So uh, the end goal is to hand off our API to marketplaces and uh, places like Upwork and was it freelancer.com um, so that people can pay and receive Bitcoin for their work. Um, it's different from invoice because uh, Upwork and eBay are the marketplaces in charge of making sure that the sellers and buyers get paid and do pay. And uh, in between that is escrow. So when you're on, let's say Upwork, um, and you're doing a, a job, and you, you do the job, you get paid, uh, that process in between the side, um, excuse me, the buyer and the seller is, uh, is escrow. Yeah, I mean, there's actually not a whole lot more that needs to be said there. I get it. It's so basically, you are acting as the escrow for a contract between two people on something like these contracting like platforms, correct? Yes. Fiverr and, and the, yeah. yeah, there's so many of them at this point. Cool. All right. So, I mean, that's the kind of like the longer term vision, but like, let's, I want to try and get more granular is what I was really looking for. Right. So like you guys are both now part of Pleb Lab and Pleb Lab around one wraps up in March, um, end of March. So we've got literally two months and like a little over three weeks left. Um, what, what, like, what is it that you guys need, um, to develop into this company that you believe you can become? Like how, what is it that Pleb Lab can do to benefit you guys so that we can get you on pace to graduate from this cohort with the rest of them as a company with funding? Well, besides the funding is, um, you know, anything that any company needs once they're ready with a, a strong foundation. Uh, you guys are doing a pretty good job at getting us out there on Twitter and uh, other platforms to ensure that we get uh, actual attention for our company. Pretty much ready um, as is now for private beta. 
Uh, but for the public, um, a little, I'm a little more... I think exposure is one thing we need. Yeah. It would be really good. Uh, we don't have a lot of marketing resources. So if we can you leverage some of the resources that PlebLab has to do to market our product to services as well as end users and grow our user base, that would be a really key thing for our growth as a company. Where do you think the earliest stage kind of users come from? Like where do you see as like the low-hanging fruit for something like Lightning Escrow? That's a great question. So uh, when I was talking to Matt O'Dell, um, he was telling me about his use case, which was 3D printed parts. Mm -hmm. And that's a market I never would have thought of because that's not my expertise. Um, this is the best part about our application is that everybody has a different use case for them, right? So for personal use, uh, for me, it could be something as small as, you know, Pokemon cards. I don't collect those, but it's just an example. And for you, it can be something um, larger like, a, like um, Bitcoin miners or GPUs. So the use case really differs. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, the main use case is that it needs to give people a secure way to transact goods with Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I know, I know how it works and I understand like its use cases. But like, so the thing is, is this, this is something I've learned over the last couple of months that I would have, have had never really thought about myself until having had conversations myself and having been around other people's conversations with like venture capital is like one of the questions that always regularly gets asked is what, like, what is the, the way that you market this in a place that pushes it beyond just this like one-tenth of one percent of like your most hardcore kind of Bitcoin maximalist, right? Like we, we want the product. You're talking about like the complications that you saw in your industry before you became a Bitcoiner where it was like, you, you're seeing the challenges that are uh, like mortgages and how long it takes to get all of this wrapped up. Uh, but obviously, maybe that's not the first place that you're going to push the marketing. Like if we're talking about leveraging Pleb Lab and its, and its network, like what kind of network is the, the most efficient network to get something like Lightning Escrow talked about? Like where do you see the, the, the most powerful kind of place where its integration makes sense? Uh, I don't know, but I will say this. I want to see it used in domain name transfers. And the reason why is because we had to buy a couple of domain names as we were making this, uh, as we were making this application. And we used escrow.com um, to, to do these purchases. And when we were transferring from one person to another using escrow.com, it's horrendous. It's a horrendous experience. A multi-day experience for them to release the funds to you. And they take like it's eight eight percent, I think. So it's it's huge. The minimum is three point five, but uh, it gets pretty bad. So among the kind of crowd that I roll with, there's a lot of a lot of people who need to buy domain names, and I would love them to have a much faster, much cheaper experience with that and use Bitcoin. So that's one place I'd like to see it roll out. Another one is services. So for people like Super, uh, I know that he's got clients uh, besides his company, and if there was a way for Super to ensure that you know the client has paid before he starts the services. Um, Lighting escrow would be a way to ensure that he um, has confidence that the funds are somewhere sitting uh, the client has that can't touch. I really like the answer services. I think that one, just from from what I see looking at it, seems to be like a, a, a marketplace that exists that's probably relatively easy to market to, has probably a, a relatively substantial user base. Like services is like 75 to 80% of like the American economy at this point. Um, so services makes a lot of sense. I think the a question that comes to mind as we dive into like if we're now looking at lightning escrow 
pushing into kind of marketing towards services. Um, I lost my train of thought. I did have a question that came up while you were speaking, but what are some example services that might want to use escrow? That no, might be a good question. That's not it either. But I mean, what was the question? What are some services that that might want to use uh, that might use escrow? I guess I'll answer. Oh, <laughs> sorry, wait for me. Sorry, <clears throat> sorry. Drain my topo chico. Um, well, one would be uh, personal transactions between people for selling their cars and uh, receiving their titles. Uh, eventually, we'll add support for that. Uh, another thing could be you know, besides DNS. Um, I think we already have support for it because you just you just name what the product you're selling and you give it a title and you give it a description and then you send over the uh send, it all gets sent to the to the person who's buying the thing. So, I think if somebody puts in, you know, Chevy Volt or whatever that they're selling as a car, it would seem to work, right? Yeah, but we also take care of the um legal details of the car like the mileage, the VIN and uh, everything else. Mm. I remember my question now. So, you have Right. You have this idea in the kind of the transaction line that you outlined where it's like super doesn't want to start doing his work until he can verify that the funds have been paid into uh, the escrow service where he knows when the project is complete that he will receive his payment. Right. So a lot of what you're building and honestly, a lot of what Bitcoin companies, as I'm seeing more and more of, is like the. The idea that we are building this protocol on a, on a trustless system is fantastic, but it's much of what's getting built on the community level where these services are being built on top of this trustless monetary network is actually very backed and based on trust. So it seems that that is also something that will have to be kind of worked on and built into the early era of something like Lightning Escrow. What do you guys think as far as your kind of thought processes early on on how you build that trust to to be the company that people want to use versus something like a more established escrow.com. Obviously, in the early days, you have some of the competitive advantages of being faster and cheaper. That's great. But you have to also incorporate those faster and cheaper things into a trusted system. So like, what do you think about that idea? About integrating with, uh, you said a trusted system. I think you're meaning the the current system. Is that what you mean by a trusted system? No, no. I mean, like, you're working on building escrow on top of Bitcoin, mm -hmm. which is trustless. But to use your service, people still have to kind of have trust in your service. Sure, yeah. So what do you think about the idea of, like, how a company gets started to build that early stage trust? Well, I think... Uh <clears throat> the two biggest things that people can assure is that uh, our application is non-custodial, so we never, we physically cannot touch your money. And the second thing is um, it's open source. So if you really want to make sure that, you know, we're not taking 100 sats out of every 1,000 sat transaction, uh, they can make sure of that. Yeah, you can view the code on GitHub, and then that will reassure you. All the back-end code is available on GitHub for free, uh, so anyone can run it as well. So that, yeah, that, that actually is a really good point because I think people do tend to trust things more. They are, I don't know, Bitcoiners anyway, tend to trust things more if they can, if they can, if they don't hear any complaints from people saying like, oh, well, this, this code has a huge bug in it that steals your money. You know, that's a, that's a big, that's a big issue there. Um, so just having it open source and available for anyone to inspect uh, starts to leverage some of those, some of those effects of an open source community. So open source and non-custodial 
do you guys have know your customer or is it not know your customer? No, the only thing we ask from the customer is an email. Uh, and you can put a fake one in there if you want. Right. Cool. So, I mean, it hits on all of the things that most Bitcoiners are looking for. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, that's it is another place where I think escrow works is um, betting. Do you guys see you pushing into like online gambling at all or is... Well, maybe not online, <clears throat> excuse me, online gambling, but we did have somebody approach us about uh, using it for gaming, which is uh, interesting to me. Sure. Well, gaming is, uh, it's a, it, the, the use case he had in mind was, uh, what was that game? Rocket League. So Rocket League is a video game where um, it's, it's very competitive play and lots of people love playing that game, but the servers don't allow you to do betting on their servers. And they'll, in fact, ban you if they find out you're doing it. Um, so what we were thinking, a gentleman approached us and was like, hey, could we do this over Discord? Like not not use their servers at all. We would just run a bot on Discord where you could, users could place bets using Bitcoin. And then like if the if the red team wins and the blue team loses, then the people who bet on the red team would get some money out of it. Uh, and that would be pretty cool. You could even have the players bet against each other it, right before they start the match. Um, and then the the uh, escrow um, uh, would, would take care of ensuring that uh, the right team gets the money at the end. So that'd be pretty cool. Also, if I recall correctly, you also developed a betting system that's separate from HODL contracts. Is that correct? Bettings? No, I, I didn't no? do a betting system. I so, when I made HODL contracts, one of the early demos I did was how I could use it for betting. Oh, okay. so that's what I remember. I should, I should demo that to a lot of people, but that's just using that's just straight up one of one of the ways of using HODL contracts is to say like. Um, hold this money in escrow until um, like got it. The, the Super Bowl, and then whichever team wins the Super Bowl, that side gets the money, and the other side doesn't. So got it. Yeah, I bring it up because I, I mean, I think a lot of casinos could really very easily use escrow for just about everything they do inside their business model, and it is a massive marketplace across the United States of America and around the world. I'm not so sure. One of the early people who approached me was a casino asking, they said they were interested in doing smart contracts on the Lightning Network. And I was one of the only people who was working on that. And they approached me and said they were they were interested in using this on their back end. But the problem with doing that is that most casinos, when you're, when you're betting on a, a casino online, you're betting against the house. Um, you're not betting against the other players at the casino, at least typically. So what HODL contracts are designed for and what, they, what they're made for is when you, you're betting against one of your peers or you're using some kind of escrow contract with, with a peer and you have a third-party service who's running the escrow and can, or, uh, and can determine which of the two should get the money. Now, that doesn't really work in an online casino because when you want to do your roulette or whatever, you want results right away. You don't want to have to wait for someone to take the other side of the bet. And so consequently, you're always betting against the house. The house is always taking the other side and they take a cut. They, they uh, increase the odds in their favor or else charge you a fee. Um, now, if the house is running the Oracle and the house is the person you are, or if, a, if the house is running the escrow and the house is also the person you're betting against, then they're in control of all the cards there. They've got, it's, it's no different from a custodial solution. So I don't think uh, the way we do gambling today is a good fit for HODL contracts. I think it would have to be a modified. So you're suggesting though that they would be running the escrow? Yeah, that's what the gentleman who approached me, he wanted to he wanted to like help him. He wanted me to help him put the software on his server 
so that his casino could run the escrow and only take people's money if they uh, lost the whatever, like if they lost the roulette match or the um, twenty, the card game with twenty one. We have to hit twenty one blackjack. It's like if you lose the blackjack, then then only then will we take the money. It was like, yeah, I could see how you could say then we're not custodial because we only take the money after this event, but they could just always they could take the money at any time because they're running the escrow. So it's like. I didn't think that was a very, it, 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 it didn't improve anything. So I didn't uh, end up working with them. But regardless of whether or not we use it for gaming, it's one market of many that could use our service. Yeah, that's a fact. I mean, escrow seems like it has a lot of use cases, which is yeah. why I'm very bullish on the project. Yeah, if they, if they let, if the casino let somebody else run the Oracle, uh, or run the, run the escrow, I mean, then it would be fine because then they wouldn't have all the cards. They wouldn't be able to just take the money. They'd have to rely on the other person being honest. How would that work in theory? Um, well, uh, Atomic Finance did this with DLCs, and they we could do something similar. They did uh, a prediction market based on the U.S. election, and Atomic Finance didn't run the uh, the DLC um, Oracle for that thing. They let somebody else run it. They let a company called Sheridbits do it. And then people could make a bet on who would win the election, and uh, Atomic Finance would settle the uh, or Atomic Finance would take data from shared bits and then use that to settle these contracts. So you could do the same thing. Like if if we are running our API and a casino wanted to use it, a casino could have them. The casino is one party, their user is another party, and we're the escrow or the yeah we're the escrow who makes sure that uh, either the casino or the um, player gets the money depending on who wins the, um, the the roulette game or whatever they're playing. Uh, so in that situation, it might work. But that's a nice thing. We, we're releasing an open API with this so that anyone who wants to use it in any of their applications can do so. Uh, it doesn't have to be a human person who's sitting there pressing the buttons and giving the descriptions. You can have robots do this. You can have, you can have bots do it. And then you can automate the use of escrow contracts. That way we don't have to... And the, one of the benefits of that is then we don't have to come up with all the use cases. We just release an open API and we let developers use their imaginations and run wild with it. Yeah, it's exponentially more use cases versus you having to kind of try and pick and choose individually and and market to niche uh, subsets of people. Right. But one of the things I heard you saying is that like in, in the model of the theory for how a casino could use it properly is that you would act as the escrow. Are you not normally acting as the escrow in your Lightning escrow service? We, we are. At least we imagine that people will use our service. Um, but in, the one, the early casino who approached me, that he wanted me to help them install it on their server so they could run the escrow. I see. And then they also, they, yeah, they wanted to run the escrow API on their server. And then they also wanted to be the counterparty in each trade. And if yes, you're running so. the escrow and you're the counterparty, then you have basically two out of three keys, which is a custodial situation. Right. Now I understand. So, okay. That, but in the way that you envision actually yeah. kind of having this thing run, it mm-hmm. would potentially make sense inside of a casino type marketplace. As long as they were, yes, as it would, as long as they were willing to not be the ones who decide on the outcome of the game, which I'm not sure if a casino would be willing to do that, but maybe some will. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to like look at, into. I mean, that's a. Uh, or, the, or they could do a matchmaking thing where it's like, we'll do a dice flip and we'll run the escrow, meaning we, meaning the casino, we'll run the escrow and two people have to wait for each other to like agree on heads or tails. And then you could, they could, a casino could do a matchmaking service like that. 
But usually they don't like to do that because users don't like to wait. Right. They come to the website and want to place a bet and see immediate results. So it doesn't, the ones where you have to wait for someone to take the other side of the bet usually don't work very well. Got it. Well, cool. All right. So I don't know. I think that that covers a lot. Uh, we've, uh, I think we've pretty thoroughly, at least as far as my like non-technical brain works, I've kind of exhausted a lot of what I can think of to ask to dive down the rabbit hole. Do you guys have anything else that you just off the top of your heads you want to talk about? Let the world know. Um, as of right now, uh, I want to make this clear that this company will have more than one product. And um, I don't want to say specifics just yet, uh, but escrow is going to be one of the main ones that we have. Um, but in the future, it'll be a subset. So your product launch is essentially escrow with plans for kind of expansion into other territories. Absolutely. Yeah, perfect. Super? Yes. Any final thoughts? Uh, no. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I uh, I look forward to having your product demo on Thursday at the Austin Bitcoin Club meetup, January 6th. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to see how our partnership here together at Pleb Lab with Lightning Escrow like uh, grows going forward. I'm, uh, like I said, I'm pretty bullish on the product. I'm pretty bullish on the team behind it. So if you guys need anything, let us know. We'll, we'll definitely be going into this early phase of Q1, hitting it hard. You guys are... Um, handful of months behind some of the projects that came in kind of already established as a company, but I'm, I'm very optimistic with the way we've grown our network here that we can, we can push hard and get you guys funded before the end of March. That'd be great. Uh, I do say though, that we work extremely fast and I'm very surprised on how fast that we work together. So even though we are months behind other projects, uh, we're actually ahead of schedule with, um, for our actual goals. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys are a great combo. Uh, like I said, super bullish on the team, super bullish on the product. The world will know soon enough. So with that, we're signing off of Throw the Lightning, episode one, season two. Thanks for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. We'll, uh, we'll see you Thursday.